0: Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the relevant radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org.
1: Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Friday of the second week of Advent. The topic is tepidity and the Love of God. Part 1 love for God and the danger of tepidity. Anyone who follows you, Lord, will have the light of life. He is like a tree that is planted beside the flowing waters, that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves shall never fade. Our life does not make sense if we are not following our Lord closely. Lord, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. All our successes, any human happiness that goes to make up our earthly treasure is chaff driven away by the wind. Truly we can say to our Lord in our own personal prayer, stay with us because our souls are full of darkness and you are the one true light. You alone can satisfy the longings that consume us, for we know that above everything that is beautiful and good, the greatest is this, to possess you forever, O Lord. He comes to bring us the fire of his love, which fills our pointless lives and makes sense of them. Our Lord's is a demanding love which always asks for more and which makes our souls grow in responsiveness to God so that they yield much fruit. Every Christian soul full of the love of God is that tree of which the Responsorial Psalm speaks, the tree whose leaves never fade. It is Christ himself who gives it life. But if the Christian allows his love to grow cold, if he allows self-satisfied mediocrity to creep into his soul, then he will develop that serious spiritual illness, which will make him like winnowed chaff driven away by the wind. It is tepidity which drains all love and meaning from his life, though outwardly it may seem that nothing has changed." His mind and heart become, as it were, blind and deaf. As a result of his own negligence, he can no longer see or hear Christ. His soul feels emptied of God, and he tries to fill that emptiness with other things, which, not being God, cannot satisfy him. And an especially characteristic discouragement saps his life of piety. He loses all joy and readiness for self-giving, and his faith grows weak because his love has grown cold. If at any moment we find that our innermost life is becoming estranged from God, we must realize that there is a cure for every disease of the soul, including that of lack of love. We have only to employ the right means in order to rediscover Christ the hidden treasure who once gave meaning to our lives. It is easier when the sickness is in its initial stages, but it is also possible later on, in cases like that of the leper, of whom St. Luke tells us, who was full of leprosy, terribly ill, but one day decided to approach Christ humbly and truthfully, and found healing. They asked the lover, which was the fountain of love. He answered that it was the one where the beloved had cleansed us from our sins and from which he gives us as a free gift, that living water which brings whoever drinks it to eternal life in endless love. Our Lord is always waiting for us in generous and sincere prayer and in the sacraments. Part 2. Causes of Lukewarmness Like winnowed chaff driven away by the wind, weightless and fruitless, isolated faults do not lead necessarily to tepidity. This sickness of the soul is characterized by the fact that one more or less deliberately treats venial sin lightly. It is a state in which one has neither zeal nor fervor. Being in a state of aridity or of desolation or even of feeling repugnance for the things of the Spirit or of God is not tepidity, for in spite of such feelings the ardor of the will and the determination to do right can remain strong and steadfast." Even if someone still frequently commits venial sins, it does not mean that he is tepid, provided he is sorry for them and fights against them. Tepidity is a state of conscious and deliberate lack of fervor, a state of enduring carelessness and half-heartedness, which pretends to justify itself with maxims like, One should not be petty. God is too big and magnanimous to bother about such little things. Everybody else does the same, and so on. Topidity is the result of prolonged carelessness in the interior life. It usually follows a whole string of small infidelities whose unrepented guilt has come between the soul and God. This carelessness is expressed in the habitual neglect of little things, in lack of contrition for one's personal faults, in failure to have specific aims for improving one's behavior towards God. One has no definite spiritual objectives that attract or excite one. One gets by, there is no struggle or only a pretended and ineffectual struggle to be better. Mortification is abandoned, and weighed down by the excessive demands of the body, the soul is ill-equipped for soaring towards the heavens. The state of tepidity is like a gentle slope down which the soul slips further and further from God. Almost without noticing, it becomes content with not going too far with staying just within the boundaries which separate it from mortal sin, while becoming careless of venial sin and consenting to it without a struggle. The tepid soul excuses itself for this easygoing, undemanding attitude by pleading its nature, its health, its work, its ineffectiveness, and anything which will help it to indulge its small disordered inclinations, its attachment to people or things, its comforts, which it describes to itself as necessities. And every time it does so, its strength diminishes. Where there is tepidity, there is no true worship of God in the Holy Mass, Lack of love and preparation make Holy Communion itself cold and indifferent. Prayer becomes vague, woolly, and distracted. There is no real personal conversation with our Lord. The examination of conscience, which calls for special sensitivity, is either abandoned altogether or done as a matter of perfunctory and lifeless routine, which produces no fruit. In this sorry state, the tepid soul loses all desire to get really near to God, which it tells itself is in point of fact impossible. St. Jose Maria Escrivá tells us I'm sorry to see the danger of lukewarmness in which you place yourself when you do not strive seriously for perfection within your state. To sum up, You are lukewarm if you carry out lazily and reluctantly those things which have to do with God, if deliberately or shrewdly you look for some way of cutting down your duties, if you think only of yourself and of your comfort, if your conversations are idle and vain, if you do not abhor venial sin, if you act from human motives." Let us put up a real struggle against ever-falling victim to this sickness of the soul. Let us be on the alert to recognize its first symptoms. Let us go instantly to Our Lady. She always increases our hope and renews in us the joy of our Lord's birth. Rejoice and be glad, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your King is coming." Fear not, Sion. your salvation is at hand. Our Lady, when we go to her, always brings us to her Son. Part 3. How to Prevent This Serious Spiritual Illness if we increase our determination to struggle against tepidity, this will involve taking great care with our daily examination of conscience. We shall often discover some point in which to try to do better next day, and shall be moved to make an act of contrition for the ways in which, in the course of the day that is past, passed, we have not been wholly faithful to our Lord. This watchful love, this active desire to look for our Lord in all the happenings of the day is at the opposite pole from tepidity, which is carelessness, lack of interest, laziness, and disinclination in fulfilling our duties towards Him. This desire to struggle will not always ensure victory. There will be failures, but contrition and reparation Will still bring us nearer to God. Contrition makes the soul young again. Again from St. Jose Maria When we are faced with weaknesses and sins, with our mistakes, even though by God's grace they be of little account, let us turn to God our Father in prayer and say to Him, Lord, here I am in my wretchedness and frailty a broken vessel of clay piece me together again lord and then helped by my sorrow and by your forgiveness i shall be stronger and better than ever what a consoling prayer which we can say every time something fractures this miserable clay of which we are made then once more close to christ with new joy with new humility, sincerity, and repentance, beginning again. We have to know how to begin yet again, once more every time we fall. God takes our frailty into account. God always forgives, but we must get up, repent, and go to confession whenever it is necessary. A deep, incomparable joy will come from beginning again and again. In the course of our life, we shall have to do it many times because we shall always make mistakes and have our full share of deficiencies, frailty, and sin. Perhaps this present time of prayer may bring us to the point of beginning once more. Our Lord takes our failures into account, but He also expects from us many little victories in the course of our days. Then we will never fall into self-satisfied mediocrity, into carelessness, into lovelessness.
0: In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's ScepterPublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.